alone. I had a lot to say. Also, I was looking at a piece of cheese and rambling. <laughs> wow, that was so geriatric of you. <laughs> Start your sublight engines. It's time for Rube Palps Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome to our Mandalorian season three wrap up. It's very exciting. We're so excited to be here. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is the best Star Wars series yet, The Mandalorian. <laughs> it's the best one. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, a little bit before the finale came out, the Star Wars social media accounts shared a video that was like an a uh, sort of like a here's what's happened so far, like a like a preview, like a trailer for the next episode, and one of the like pieces of text that came up in the video called it the best Star Wars series yet. And that shit had me losing my mind. It was a huge thing. A bunch of people on Twitter were like freaking out about it. We're like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and I like this season. I like that from. Like, it was not from a review. It was just cl- self-claimed by the Star like, Wars account. <laughs> yeah, it was like promotional Thanks, material. No, okay, because I didn't catch on to that you were like like bringing that up for a second, and I was like, Ollie, this is oddly high praise okay, well, of this be, show. To be fair, I did actually really like this season, and I like this show, and it, Zeb was in live action, so like, kind of it is. The only thing, here's the thing. I feel like as my new Star Wars television ranking, Rebels is at the top. Zeb is in basically every episode. Number two is Mandalorian. Zeb is in one episode. The rest all fail, all all tied for worst show because Zeb is not in them. I do, I do love the idea of having sort of like a sliding, like a like a graph of some kind that's like volume of Zeb correlated to how good the show is. You're exactly. gonna eat your words when Zeb appears in the Book of Boba Fett season two. Okay, period. When Zeb shows up in Book of Boba Fett, when Zeb shows up in Andor, it will skyrocket to the top. Oh my of god! The list. <laughs> when will Zeb be in Star Wars Visions? Okay, real. When will Zeb be in Young Jedi Adventures? <laughs> Hi, my name is Claudia. My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. My gender this week is, um, Din Djarin skipped the armor Bo-Katan wedding on Mandalore, uh, because he's homophobic. <laughs> so true, especially considering we just received, we've just received word that they did talk about Din and Bo, at least according to Katie Sackhoff. It was more like they were having a laugh behind the scenes they were having a bit of a laugh i hate gay people i'm also homophobic is the thing i say this like i don't also think that bow in the armor is very slay i also think it's fun they i think it's a poly had a vibe they did have a vibe i did like i do like axe woves in his best man era axe was a f- wedding officiant okay i do feel like axe woves would run a bachelorette party like it was the navy <laughs> Oh, wow. No, he is like, I wasn't sure which one you wanted, so I hired two strippers. (laughs) Who were the strippers, quickly? What the fuck do we... I don't think we have any... I was there. Loaded Greatstorm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Loaded Greatstorm impersonator? You guys ever think if there was like a brand of Star Wars cocaine called Loading Greatstorm and it was just sort of like a grayish color? (laughs) You, Noah... So, hi, I'm Jess. My pronouns are 
there. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. I don't know what my pronouns are. You're so real for that. Through it. Let's just go back to they them. I don't know. I don't Do know. Refer to Jess. Don't refer to me. Um, you can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio, and my gender this week is Real Women of Mandalore. Would you like oh, to explain no. that name to the class, Jess? <laughs> there was there was a thing. I only saw I only learned about this because Mel sent me a TikTok this morning. And then um you know Sarah Huckabee. <laughs> Sarah lovely... Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. Light of my life. Sorry, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Fucking a real ass video out there that feels like it could be like an SNL skit. But they have this little jingle and they're talking about like real women in politics. It's just like, what is this? This doesn't feel like real life. But it is, in fact, a real thing. A real little ad. Okay, I love Sarah Huckabee Sanders Bo-Katan parallels. Don't. No. No, because here's <laughs> no. the thing. The, yeah, Bo-Katan is not doing real women of Mandalore because she respects trans people. And yeah. will, and will create a Sarah a Sarah Huckabee Sanders themed beer cozy. No, she loves her she loves her trans partners Dinjarin in the armor. <laughs> exactly. No, what if it's like <laughs> Real Mandos of Mandalore, but then it's just Gideon pretending to be Mandalorians with his little stormtroopers. I will say, when you said real Mandos of Mandalore, my first thought was you were making a Housewives reference, which is a television (laughs) show that I would watch happily. Oh, I would Um, love to watch some manufactured drama. Axe Wolves was meant to be like a heel on that show. Are you kidding? You're so right. When will Dorinda come on The Mandalorian? (laughs) Dorinda won't even come on Real Housewives anymore, babes. That's true. That's true. Can we get Countess Luann? Okay. Okay. Countess Luann. Who is the most Countess Luann coded in Star Wars? I... I'm. This is a personal anecdote. I almost saw her cabaret show, and then I wasn't able to go because someone else sold the tickets that we were going with, and I was so depressed about it for like weeks. I really wanted to see her sing "Money I, Can't Buy You Class." I was supposed to go, and then they canceled it because of COVID. <laughs> That's awful. We need to crowdfund a trip for the RuPaul's to go see Countess Luann's cabaret show. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media at the Jewish Jedi. And my agenda this week is Moff Gideon's Gone Girl era because he was sort of giving Amy Dunn for like half of this season. Like he was leaving clues, implying he'd been murdered, even though he wasn't, had a stunning reveal prepared. I mean, all he needs now is an awful blunt bob and we are set to go. Oh, I was going to say he needs to murder Neil Patrick Harris, but okay. <laughs> well, don't we all? I'm like the Mandalorian. I'm <laughs> obsessed with that. I also just love the idea of Moff Gideon sort of getting away in his little ship and being like, I'm so much happier now that I'm dead. Like, I know he has that monologue down to a science. My name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Copa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is... Reddit, am I the asshole for wanting to reclaim Mandalore? Who said that? Real. Bo-Katan. Why would she be on Am I the Asshole? 
Well, Claudia, sometimes the am I the asshole story is the person is not the asshole, but they just need to be reaffirmed. Yeah, and I think also she was having a lot of self-doubt. She needed some affirmation from the the pinnacle of society, Redditors. Yeah, I feel like she's been on that. I, here's the problem. I feel like she's she's posted that same exact story on Reddit twice. The first time after the events of Rebels, and everyone was like, yeah, you are the asshole. And she's like, okay, well, fuck me, I guess. And then she posted this time, and she's like, finally, the girlies are are developing brain cells. I'm getting some support. And then she did it. Making her story. She's kind of Elizabeth Warren coded. Don't. I, I thought you were going to say Don't Elizabeth ever Holmes, say that. I was like, don't do that to her. Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. The <laughs> Bogotan has played by Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's called the Dark Saber because. I feel like it is we've made this joke saber. before. Like, we Claudia, have to have. I'll make this joke till the end of time. Uh, yeah, we know. We know. Elizabeth- <laughs> okay, so homophobe. So right, right, no, 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 what no. is your she, deal today? <laughs> she gathered a bit. No, no, she gathered a little bit. I'll go over that. I just, <laughs> listen, I'm sorry you think the idea of Din meeting bo for the first time in season two before she takes off her helmet and going, he's one of those. <laughs> some random bullshit like that taking off her helmet to reveal her horribly not combed blonde hair and awful turtleneck I think we need more Star Wars characters who wear turtlenecks not because it's like underneath the outfit or whatever because for utility they just need to wear those as a fashion statement see this is why fucking me plugging for light and dice this is why Lysander wears a turtleneck I'm ahead of the curve. Step up, Star Wars. Be me. Be better. You're you're so real for that. So what did everyone think? This is our episode. We're going to talk about like our overall thoughts about this season of The Mandalorian. All the fun little intricacies of it and whatnot. So that's where we're at today. Um, as I sort of alluded to, I think that this show is... I liked it. I thought it was good. Zeb was there, but I liked it aside from Zeb being there. I think let's get the let's get the purple elephant. <laughs> let's, let's the purple elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. He was there, and that changed my perception of the show. That episode came out on my birthday. It changed me as a person, but I liked it for other reasons too. I will say this. Um, <clears throat> thank you. That is all. Now, um, here's the thing. Let me start with the hashtag positives because I did like a lot of this show. Um, I liked the the themes it tried to explore. A lot of the action sequences were genuinely very fun to watch and not just like boring. Like Dan and Bo doing their little like robot street chase moment. That was really slayful. I was like, this was good. And also, well, there were, well, it's true that there were like some shots that were like so dark that even with all the lights off curtains drawn, I was never going to find out what was going on there. A lot of the, like, directing was actually quite competent. Um, a lot of the scenes on the surface of Mandalore with, like, the green glass, like, shards all around. I was like, this Shout is, like, Shout out genuinely... to Rick. It's, it's Rick. I, it was really pretty to look at. And also, like, um, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode was obviously, like, really wonderfully directed. Like, this show, this season had a lot of really, like, cool things to look at, which I appreciated. Also, 
we got a lot of fun little creatures and large creatures like that fucked up alligator slash crocodile thing from the beginning. Like, I don't know. I love a fucked up little creature. So I was thrilled to see so much of that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not my favorite thing Star Wars has ever put out, but it definitely was fun for most of it. Vis-a-vis creatures. That was something I loved about this season and something that I did like I don't think that this is like a major criticism of the show or anything, but it's something that I really miss like in Andor because I feel like Andor had a lot of very compelling performances. It had a lot of really interesting characters, but I think sometimes I don't want to say I would like forget it was Star Wars because that's not what I mean. But like I was like every so often I'd be like, it would be fun if there was like a fucked up little creature or like a a person who is not a human every so often that would be for like a character that was not a human and it took it took until like what the later half of the season for there to be non-humans which we talked about in here i mean i feel like what you were trying to say of like oh it's not like it didn't feel like star wars it it definitely you forgot that it was not that it was science fiction but that this is a world where there are many species and that that is a Mm -hmm. That is an interesting part of the world building, which I would say yeah. a lot of Star Wars forgets a lot of the like yeah. I, I, that is a criticism I have of the Mandalorian in general. Like if they're all foundlings, there should be non-human Mandalorians. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I digress. I think that that was something that like it didn't really affect my enjoyment of Andor, but it was something I didn't realize I missed until we had all these little guys in this show. So I was very excited by that. That was just very charming to me. Well, you see, Claudia, Paz Vista was a Nikto. Yes. You just never saw his, him without his helmet. That's so true. I mean, there's a possibility a lot of those bitches didn't take their helmet off. What if the armor takes her helmet off and she's like, yeah, guys, I've actually been a Trandoshan this whole time. Good for her. That would be really slay. Um, I just want to say, like, it is hard to sometimes judge these shows as they're airing. It's weird because I- I've said a lot of this stuff before, but like, I do like the week-to-week release model. I think dumping everything at once sucks ass. We should never do it, whatever. That being said, for stuff with large fandoms where people won't shut the fuck up and, like, just chew on things in a way that, like, you know, we have everybody talking about who are the spies for a week and shit like that. It is annoying. And, like, I remember the same thing happening when Rebels was coming out and, like, people just going in on that shit whatever and we never really could just like play in the space that much that being said rebels had more episodes per season um i will be very interested to see how people feel about this show as a whole uh on the binge all three seasons i guess plus the book of boba fett which is going to be a uphill struggle to inform people that you have to watch that in between seasons two and three worst decision ever um versus the people who have been watching it as it came out um because like rebels people are like yeah that's a masterpiece but when it was coming out it was like be it was like walking uphill trying to get people to get it trying to get people to like it trying to get people not to nitpick it blah 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 blah. um and there were some things like the more ridiculous stuff that people were willing to let slide because they're like it's a good show it's a good show so it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um this show and this is just like a Disney thing in general but this is like Star Wars like this is general industry problem or whatever is like like Disney does not make I mean they have stuff that is for kids Disney Junior whatever but this isn't for kids this is for families this is womb to tomb and that's why you have this issue and you have shows like Andor that are more for adults you have Young Jedi Adventures which are for kids you have like whatever but then The Mandalorian is very very much in the tradition of 
even more so than the animated shows because those were on kids networks and were like Disney XD and Cartoon Network where they were bridging a kind of audience back and forth. This show is even more in the style of the movies, which was very much for families. And so you get a lot of seriousness and a lot of silliness and whatever. And it sits in this weird place. And that's why you have people who either love Star Wars or you hate it um, because it naturally sits in this place. So it's hard to judge almost like. I think I'm going to have to rewatch it at some point and look at all three seasons together. I feel like it's going to flow a lot better all three seasons together. That is also because there are it will feel like more of a cohesive unit because, again, they should have longer seasons. That being said, it when the I'm sure I was not watching the Clone Wars week to week when it came out, but I probably would have had the same feeling about the Clone Wars being like, wait, what the fuck? We're on Dathomir now. Like, I, I probably would have felt the same way. And I think that, um... I appreciate what it is trying to do. I appreciate how it, you know, it is a lot of people's on ramp into Star Wars. And it uh, spiritually, it has almost all the same problems that Star Wars has always had in appealing to different audiences when it works and when it doesn't work. I appreciate it experimenting. Sometimes it failed. Sometimes it did really well. Um, and in the end, it's, you know, I, f- I did what I feel like a decent Star Wars does, which is I am invested in the character's. I am feeling I am feeling emotions for them most of the time. Am I getting the most out of it that I should? No. Um, as someone on Tumblr said, they were like, you know what? Um, I Star Wars is like it's like Cheetos for me. Um, am I going in expecting a, a full meal? No, I'm not. Am I having a great time? Yes, I am. Um, that's why when we watch Andor, we're like, oh, wow, I'm getting a full meal from Star. That's crazy. Um, that, and I, I do feel like almost comparing this show and this season, I feel like I'm talking about the Mandalorian as a whole, but like this show to the animated shows also does a big disservice because animation is so different. Um, and it's, they're doing it for a different audience and whatever, even though we have Dave Filoni and is pulling from some of the same sources. Um, like, yeah, I like to, like, for, for example, I am a Return of the Jedi, not a hater, but Return of the Jedi is not my favorite Star Wars movie. I would not pick it to rewatch. There's a lot of pieces of it that I think are bad and stupid, but I will still watch it and I th- still think it's fun. I feel that way about parts of The Mandalorian, but as a whole, I'm still having a good time and it's still, I love it very much. Like, Din Djarin showing up and beating ass is still, I'm still going to jump out of my seat the same way that Luke Skywalker showing up with the Chanel boots. So I feel like... The best way I can describe this season is, you know what? It was the most Star Wars Star Wars could be, which is mostly great with some very puzzling choices. I feel like the mostly good with very puzzling choices aspect is characterizes a lot of how I felt about this. <laughs> I don't know. My thing is, I think the only thing that you can really feasibly compare the Mandalorian like individual seasons to is the Book of Boba Fett in so far as like structure, episode length, etc. Because I agree that comparing it to Andor is not fair to either one because like they're so they set out with such different intentions and like had such different ideas that said i feel like the mandalorian and the book of boba fett both suffer from this problem of like they only have so many hours to use and they radically underutilize them and i'm not trying to be like the sort of capitalist overlord we must have efficiency and everything for it to work but like if you tell me I've got eight hours collectively to tell you a story, you kind of have to use like every single one of the minutes you're given. 
And when The Mandalorian does linger, I find that it doesn't linger on more poignant moments that, like, could have been interesting to spend time with. Like, there are a lot of interactions that I think could have been sort of, like, more well-developed, I guess. I don't know. Like, I look back to that episode with Pershing and Elia Kane, and, like, the, the more the season went on, the more I was like, okay, this is actually a good episode because it did really situate us in, like, this era of Star Wars that we do explore very little, um, but its point in the season felt really weird. Like looking back, I'm like, I actually would have put that closer to the middle because by that point, when we saw that episode, I was like, there's shit moving with the plot of these characters that we care about. Now we're going on pause to these guys. Like, so there were just like some structural choices that I feel could have been done differently. But ultimately, the final product is not something that I think is bad. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I think something that, especially bringing up that episode, it's, I think it's less that the content is bad and it's more that the pacing is weird because I think something that I noticed a lot about that episode and something that I said when it came out is that I was like, it would have been really nice to see this episode of um, Pershing and Elia Kane doing their thing where she's pretending to be his friend and then isn't really and have that intercut with Din and Bo doing their thing so you can see this is what an actual bond between two people looks like. And just having some juxtaposition and a little bit different pacing there. But I think you could say that about every episode of this season, because I've been thinking about this a lot. And I noticed is that, like, there were no, like, I don't think the acting was bad. I think the acting was really good. But I can't point out, like, this was where there was a standout performance. Like, there were plenty of good moments and plenty of good acting choices. But I, I think that that might be a symptom of the writer's room, not to harp on it so early in our episode. But there weren't a lot of times in the script for there to be, like, a big acting moment. Like, and I think that you could make an argument that that's not quite what this show is for. This show is, like, you're playing with your action figures and you're getting shit done and you're doing a party, whatever. But I always think about this and again, I know we just said it's not useful to compare them, but it reminds me a lot of like it's hard not to compare this season that's all about Mandalore and the Darksaber to the episode Trials of the Darksaber from Rebels. And I think about which is probably one of the best scenes in Star Wars like objectively is Sabine fighting with Kanan and having that meltdown where she talks about like, I did this for my family and I got like fucked over for it. And I compare, like, that, you know, that type of character growth. And again, it's not fair to compare them. Rebels has so many more episodes and we've done so much more with those characters, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I just don't think that we're going to get to a point in The Mandalorian, if it continues the way it does, I don't think we're going to have a point where we will get those, get those kind of scenes. Um, yeah. I think about that a lot too, actually, because the other thing is like season one and two, whilst these sort of hashtag acting moments happen towards the end, they did happen. Like the scene of Din giving Grogu to Luke, like is very emotional and is like, I don't, uh, to me, a very beautiful scene. But yeah, I, I agree. I was thinking about that scene in Rebels with Sabine training with the Darksaber a lot during this season because I was like, this would be something really interesting to see Bo-Katan similarly explore of like, cause you can tell there's a lot of moments where she'll even explicitly say about like her guilt at her feeling of betraying her own people of failing as a leader of her. Like she, she at one point is like, you know, Mandalorians have been torn apart by 
um, infighting and like division. And she clearly does feel like she played some part in doing at least like a section of that. Um, I just wish that they had like let her explore that because the acting chops were there. It's just that they needed to be given like the conceptual and verbal space to exist. Like the dialogue has to be written in a way yeah. that allows for experimentation with acting. And I think I think I'll say this. I think John Favreau is a fine story writer. I think he's fine at developing a plot. I think that it tends to be the character writing and the actual. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, the, the actual dialogue that becomes a problem. Like we all know that scene where Luke Skywalker's talking to Grogu in Book of Boba Fett, where he's like, I had a friend. His name was Yoda. You remind me of Yoda a lot. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that scene, but it was like, what yeah. the fuck are you? This is not <laughs> who would talk. say that. Well, okay, but like I look back to that early that scene early in this season where Din goes to Bo Katan and is like, Hey girly, I'm here to help you retake Mandalore, and she just looks like totally lost and she's like you have that sword they'll follow you anywhere and she just sounds like so broken and i was like yes exactly give me more of this like the acting was there we just needed more dialogue moments to deliver it and like people also will accuse pedro's performance of being flat and i'm like i don't think the performance is flat i think that the dialogue they've written for this character does not give him a lot of leeway in terms of being a super emotional guy um, to speak on to speak on that, I would also say like there were glimmers of things like Din is opening up to more people. Like we can see that in his actions, he's opening up to more people. He's like all these whatever. It would have been interesting to see like he talks to people more. He's a bit more open. He's a bit whatever. Like he has almost the same amount of lines as he does in the first couple seasons. Like people think of him as like stoic or whatever. Like he was being the same sassy whatever. It would be interesting if like he's saying more stuff. Like there was a joke of like oh he doesn't know shit about Star Wars. Because he barely says anything and just like, huh, most of the time in the first two seasons, it would have been interesting. Like, he's a man about town. Like, we're not showing the development of time. Like, people are like, oh, this takes place over three years. I don't realize. Like, again, we've said this like 8,000 times. This goes back to, number one, it feeling like a first draft. And this is not, this is not me bashing on The Mandalorian. This is not me bashing on Star Wars. This is all of television right now. There are some standout pieces of television like Succession, like Andor, like whatever, that feel very, that are uh, like Abbott Elementary, that feel out of place because they are written the way that television should be written right now. Uh, but like, there's a lot of TV that is like this where it feels like a first draft. And you're like, why, what is off about this? Like, all the elements are here. Like, I, I, there's a lot of people who are like, I thought this was shit, or I thought this was whatever. I'm like, I actually quite enjoyed myself. But there's also, and we've also talked about how the whole, like, Disney, if you're going to go full, whole ham, where you are tying into the Ahsoka TV show, and you're basically making Rebels 2 Electric Boogaloo, which is basically just Clone Wars 3 Electric Boogaloo, whatever, you need to mention people's names like Satine. Or if you're not going to mention their name, at least like, for example, I bring up my friend Mars, who doesn't know a lot about Star Wars, but who has written a really good article about about this, whatever, who has the Mandalorian is for people like them who and has worked on them, completely getting them invested in Star Wars and the lore of Mandalore. They want to go watch the Clone Wars and Rebels now because of this show. It has worked on them. The, the, the Disney propaganda has worked. However... Even for them, and to be fair, they are a screenwriter, whatever. But even for them, they were like, wait, so what are the things that Bo-Katan is referencing? It was almost like, again, we needed a second draft because it was like, all of the elements are here. You need to mention that Bo-Katan was a part of the schism 
Like, not only she experienced the Civil War and then participated in it, and that's why she feels guilt and has to do... It's like doing... It's like doing Maul's redemption without knowing... And Maul doesn't really do a redemption. It's like doing Ventress's redemption or whatever without having half the story, which it technically is what Rebels does, to be fair, but that's... But because you don't have Clone Wars or whatever. But in Rebels, he talks about it. He says it outright. He says... This and this and this happen. He has a conversation with Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridger is the fill-in for the audience at that point. If you hadn't seen the Clone Wars. And he's like, I was a Sith Lord. I was this. I was that. It didn't work out for me. They fucked me over. And this is where I am now. And we don't have that with Bo-Katan. We have references to it. Whatever. And I'm like, that that is the piece. That is what the Mandalorian in general and frankly, a lot of franchise media and frankly, a lot of television in general feels like where you're just like, this has everything except one thing. And I think that's why Andor felt so satisfying, whatever, because you're just like, oh, it has the missing thing. Um, like th- that is why it feels frustrating because you're like, oh, you just needed one more little thing. I think that's also a thing about like, there's one guy in the writer's room and you can see a lot of his biases when watching the show. Like, I I think that it was like, we really should have had more references to what happened in the Clone Wars. And I will also be one of the people who's frustrated that they didn't bring up Satine even once. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, this is written from a very male perspective because he is not valuing the relationship between two women. And I'm not saying like John Favreau's a misogynist who doesn't think women can have friendships or whatever, because that's not true. Um, because Bo Katan is able to build important relationships with other women in the show, not as much as, you know, she probably could, but I digress. Um, that's why I was thinking about it when it's like Bo Katan talks about her father before her sister, who we know she has a history with. And I thought about that and I was like, that's because it's coming from a very male perspective of being like, I have this is how I am conceptualizing relationships and like who is an important relationship to this character? Oh, her father, because that's, you know he was in charge, you know, it's, I think that a lot of the problems that we have with this, like, storytelling come from the fact that you have a guy who knows everything about the Clone Wars, who knows everything about Bo-Katan, is writing it. That's why I'm excited for the Acolyte, um, because everyone's like, oh, well, one of the writers in the writer's room didn't really know that much about Revenge of the Sith, or not Revenge of the Sith, um, Return of the Jedi and didn't really know what Luke and Leia's situation was. And I'm like, that's a good thing because now you have someone like Leslie Headland who's running the show who knows a lot about Star Wars who can say, here's what's happening. And if someone is like, I actually don't understand that or why this is important, then you can add more context. And that is like, I think that that's a much better writing choice. And this again is not to say one guy can't write a passion project, but I think when you're tying together a bigger universe and you don't tell people that they have like what they need to get context, it's going to be hard. Like I'm very conflicted about what's happening with the Ahsoka show because we have recently learned to shocking no one that Dave Filoni wrote all the episodes. Um, And I'm conflicted because I'm like, those are Dave's characters. Like if anyone knows them, it's him. So I'm like, yeah, like he should be writing all of the episodes to some extent, but it would be really nice to have someone else in the room to be like, hey, think about this like cultural competency or think about this, like the fact that people might not have context for this. And I'll I'll have to reserve judgment until I actually see the show. But it you see it a lot in this show where I'm like, it would have been nice to have someone who maybe was not as deep in the shits as John or as Dave to be like, hey, guys, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So could we 
explain. <laughs> well, and I think that's also why, like, Andor has the same problem of, like, only a, a few fucking people write in episodes, which we've, we talked about our criticisms of Andor as well. It just, it had the bonus of, like, Tony Gilroy is not in the shits. I mean, that's why they brought on Tony Gilroy to help with Rogue One. Tony Gilroy was not in the shits with Star Wars, and they brought him in for the storytelling. Also, just looking at it from, like, not even a cultural competency thing, just from a pure writing standpoint, if you look at the number of writers on The Mandalorian or on Andor um, versus the number of writers on Star Wars Rebels, it's like it's like less than a third. And that and that's the thing, or or the Clone Wars, whatever. Now, obviously, so I, I'm I'm comparing it to Rebels because at this point with The Mandalorian, we're about three seasons and, the, and Rebels is is four. Right now, the only people with writing credits on The Mandalorian are John Favreau, George Lucas, because he always has one, um, Dave Filoni, Rick, Christopher L. Yost, who who worked on Rebels, and Christopher no- Yost, showrunner on Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the best cartoon animated, the best comic adaptation ever. Anyway, uh, and Noah Clore. That's it. In three seasons of The Mandalorian, that's it. And, and I feel like Ahsoka will very much be like Andor, where it's like, I'll let it slide, because in this p- case, those are his little babies, and he'll get it. He gets it. I'm fine. Um, but, like, then you look at Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, there are a significant pe- number of people on Star Wars Rebels who are, like, people who've been at Lucasfilm for a while. Like, Carrie Beck and Carrie Hart, whatever. Like, they have they've been development execs and worked at various parts of Lucasfilm for a long time. But then there's, like, a lot of people shout out to Gary what is four episodes you are my bestie girl I know exactly what episodes you wrote uh Henry Gilroy uh like a lot of different people Simon Kinberg like a lot of different there's a lot of people on Rebels and if you look at Clone Wars I mean that's seven seasons that's gonna be way more but it's like you can you can tell you can tell um anyway support all of this to say support the WGA writers writers strike they're gonna beat the AMPTP into the ground um I, I feel like the I feel like the Mandalorian is very much a microcosm of like all of the issues in television, but with just the added issues of Star Wars itself. That being said, I do feel like the discourse online has been a bit out of the out of pocket. Some people are like, this is terrible, fuck this. And then some people are like, this is the best. And I'm like, it's neither, but okay. Um but I mean again, I love the Mandalorian. I still put it in my top tier of Star Wars TV shows, uh, it's not, like, my tippity-top, but, like, I love it. Um, it just, as, it, it, you know, some of the problems are becoming more evident. I feel like some of the problems that probably were even present in the beginning that people glorify a lot are just becoming more evident as it goes on. I was just going to say I can't offer The Mandalorian that same sympathy because Cobb fans made exactly zero appearances in this <laughs> season, and for that reason... I really can't give her any credit. Sorry to say it. No. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I don't, I don't know if I really liked it. I don't know. Maybe I've just been blinded by my hatred by for Jon Favreau. That, like, looking at the Mandalorian, I'm just like, maybe I fucking hate you. Maybe I don't like Star Wars. Um, but I mean, there, there were fun moments. I like, like I said, like in each episode that we have discussed, like there's, there's been some fun, funky, fresh time. I don't know. I haven't 
sat down to try and rewatch it as a whole in like one go. Ha ha ho. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I mean, maybe I'll go back and rewatch it eventually. I don't know if I want to rewatch it now. Yeah, I gotta say, um, huh. I find myself in this weird crossroads where on one hand, I'm like, I don't know. For me, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. I had fun watching it, but it's not something I'm going to be like jumping to revisit, you know? Like, like something about Star Wars Rebels that I love is the first year that I watched it, I rewatched the show six times, which that is a red flag in itself however no, um, it's very rewatchable like it's very rewatchable you are valid and not mentally ill well <laughs> i don't know if that's quite i wouldn't go that far but maybe <laughs> rebels wasn't the indicator we can say that <laughs> sure okay right um but like i i could rewatch it and like find something new every time that i found interesting about it right the Mandalorian, I don't know how that has that same rewatchability for me. It's been a minute since I've rewatched everything, and I certainly not with the, the inclusion of this newest season. But I remember at one point I did rewatch the show. I don't know if it was just like with family or what have you. But I was just like, oh, okay, this is fine. Um, and so I think that it is something that just like, oh, yeah, right. We watched it with Julia. <laughs> we watched it with family. Aw. Um anyways, we you know, upon rewatching it, I was just like, okay, this is fine. These are things that are happening in Star Wars. Um, which is okay. It's just fine. Um, that being said, I do feel like this is a show that really does cater to a family audience. I think that they um, and that's not a bad thing. Like, when I say that, that's not me being like, oh, well, because it's a family show, I don't give a fuck about it. I only either want a child show or an adult show. Nothing in between. Yeah, it's, I, so it's it's a family show, and I, I like it for that reason. I think that, like, it is a really fun way to explore certain themes. I think the one thing I take issue with that, though, is that we don't get to dive into those themes, and that kind of leave something lacking for me. I think you bring up a really good point in talking about like how it is a family show. And I know we've already talked about it a little, but I was, I think sometimes we forget the scope of this show because I was talking to someone that I know who watches it with his daughter. And I was like, Oh, how'd you like the finale? He was like, I've never been more excited about a finale. It was so good. We had so much fun. My daughter loved it and was just singing its praises because he's not like, you know, it's not that he doesn't give a fuck about it, but it's like, this is a fun thing to watch for half an hour to 45 minutes every week. So, you know, I just, trying to put it into context is always weird. Okay. Um, well, I was going to say, like, re rewatchability. I think it's telling that the only episode of The Mandalorian I've ever watched more than once is The Marshall. I know this will shock all in the That's audience. That's because you're gay, not because it's good. <laughs> I also think it's good. <laughs> Okay. Fuck right off. Okay, to be um, fair, I do think it's good. It oh, is, no, 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 it is no. Also, Don't try to back yourself out of this homophobic corner you painted yourself is, into. It is also okay. a rip-off of The Seven Samurai, but it's it's a good episode. And what about it? It's like the second time Dave Filoni was like, let me rip off The Seven Samurai. Then again, it's it's a good it's a good episode. I'm just saying it anyway, may be because you're gay. Point, 
my point was, my point was, I think something that I liked a lot about the earlier seasons was that some of the episodes were these really great little self-contained narratives that also furthered a bigger story. And I feel like this season kind of grappled with the ability to have it both ways. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have not ever rewatched The Mandalorian. I don't foresee myself doing that in the future. Um, it is, it is a show that I enjoy, but in no capacity beyond, like, that sentence wasn't going anywhere. I'll let y'all know now. That sentence is not going anywhere. I'll just say this. It's a show that I like. It is not a show that I'm, like, madly in love with and I'll be rewatching to the end of time. No, I feel you on that. Like, before, I used to think The Mandalorian was my favorite, like, Star Wars show. But, you know, it also was, like, the first kind of Star Wars show that was live action, at least. Because, you know, obviously it wasn't the first Star Wars show. Clone Wars and Rebels exist. But, um... As, like, you know, a newer fan, that's what got me into Star Wars. And maybe now that I have been bestowed or maybe cursed with more knowledge of Star Wars, even though I, I kept saying, like, I was trying not to have expectations of things, you know, you can't always stop yourself from having expectations for things. So maybe I just wanted more. Maybe that's a me problem. <laughs> But it is a show that, yeah, like, because I know I watched with my older sister, um, too. And she, as someone who is not cursed with knowledge now, um, enjoyed the show a lot. So, I don't know where I was going with this, to be honest. I'm just talking. Real. We have a podcast. I think it's fine. <laughs> um, I will say, as someone who's on sort of the other end of the spectrum, I've rewatched every episode of the Mandalorian, um, not this season, uh, at least three times. Um, I watched it once by myself, like right after season two had came, had come out. Um, I watched it with my mom who knows basically nothing about star Wars when it, like when COVID was really in the, in the heights of it. And then I watched it with people who knew a lot about Star Wars when I watched it with our friend Julia Christine 77 of Star Wars English class and I watched it with Mel. And I think that it's hard because I actually really enjoyed rewatching the first like two seasons. And I just, I don't, I, I feel like this season is different from the other two. Like, and maybe it's just because the first two seasons have been out for so long now so it's like we have this other perception because it's like oh this is the mandalorian this is what the mandalorian is but i almost felt like the end of season two was like a very good like finale <laughs> like it was like oh this is a good kind of ending of the show and i'm like i'm okay with it like i'm not saying like it should have ended there but i'm like it had a lot of expectations to live up to because it felt like a very like his quest from the first season, like from the first episode, first like two episodes, Din's quest to bring bring Grogu to someone had been finished. He did his thing. So now it's hard to say like what kind of journey is our hero on now? And I don't know if this season, like it sort of drifted away from Din being like the main, main character. And I'm okay with that. Um, I really loved Bo-Katan. I love her getting her time to shine. But I do kind of wish that it had you know, we, we had used Din to frame the show a little more 
because I think something that worked really well was that because he had grown up very sheltered, he was our POV character for a lot of this. And now that we're talking about the children of the watch, it's something he knows a lot about. So we're not getting him as the POV character as much. And because Bo-Katan is so in the shits of the Star Wars universe, she can't really be the POV character. Like who, like the reason that all this stuff gets explained. So it just, it felt like a, it, like it feels like a distinctly different vibe from the first two seasons. I don't know. Maybe upon rewatch, I'll feel differently. I still liked it. No. To clarify, <laughs> I get you on that because, like, yeah, I, I definitely, because I had, I've rewatched the first and second season, not recently, but like I've actually sat down and rewatched the first and second seasons because I, like I said, I liked The Mandalorian, but yeah, you bring that up. This season did feel a little like maybe tonally different. I don't know, but. Yeah, maybe if I rewatch them all again later on, I'll like see it differently. But well, that that's why I was very interested actually to see how other people would feel about it. I also think that like it was meant to feel totally different because his his journey has changed. His journey has gone from it is about the child to now it is about me and it's about my culture. Again, that would have hit a lot better if they hadn't spent half of it in the book of Boba Fett. Um frankly i think it would have been really fun if like we had done all the stuff if the book of boba we've said this before again but like if the book of boba fett had been an arc in the mandalorian and and din had like been there helping boba out kind of much like he was helping bo katan out like could have kept the procedural nature could have focused on bo katan could have still dealt with all this dark saber stuff whatever i and i will also say the loss of the parallels to there's also you know the whole like Star Wars, it's like poetry, it rhymes thing. Like, yeah, not everything has to be a reference. However, in some things where not everybody's going to consume every part of Star Wars, sometimes having things be a reference is helpful thematically because it's like, I've said this many times, Din Djarin is just Sabine to Electric Boogaloo for, in many ways for Dave Filoni. And I'm like, okay, well, the way that you made Sabine... And I remember when he did this because I remember when the episodes were airing and I was recapping those episodes of uh, evolving Mandalorian lore because at first Sabine was kind of a one dimensional character for the first like season and a half, two seasons. And then they gave her a lot of time and they really invested in the Mandalorian shit in the second two seasons when much like the Mandalorian after season two, the scope of Rebels went outside of Lothal. The scope of the Mandalorian has expanded like we di- we had direct visual parallels with Bo with not Bo with Din and the dark saber and also uh Sabine and uh the dark saber and the whole point was that the dark saber was supposed to signify like what is my relationship to my culture etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm not supposed to be the one who has it i'm not supposed to, like i'm not supposed to be the ruler of it whatever i'm passing it on i'm a part of its legacy i'm etc cetera, etc cetera. But again, it was that thing of like, we're missing one thing. We didn't have that scene that Ollie said, like with Kanan, we don't have like, we, we don't, we, we have the miss, there's too many missing pieces kind of deal. Um, and it's like, you know, if you've never seen Rebels, that would be a very, that would still be a very compelling narrative for Din to have. I think that's the connective tissue because like, and this is again, like, I feel like I'm saying the same shit over and over again, but it's like, again, it's not like I think the Mandalorian is going to end after this season. I do think they tied it up. Like, if we come back, we come back. Or when we come back, it'll be very different after the, the Ahsoka show. And there's going to be a movie and et cetera, et cetera. But it was like, I think it should have been four seasons like 
Rebels was, where the first two are very focused on the crew and Lothal and whatever, and then we expand to the wider galaxy. And it's like, okay, first two seasons are about his journey with Grogu, and then it expands to his journey with himself and his culture. And doing all that in one season and then being like, okay, we're going to go hang out with Ahsoka, and then we'll come back, is like, we can't do that. And, And all of that being said, two seasons of Rebels are half as long as the other two. So... It's not like I'm asking for a lot, um, but I'm just I'm just saying like pacing is an issue. I definitely think that this show, like, I, when you're saying like oh on rewatchability, like I don't have the need to rewatch certain Star Wars movies. I will if I'm gonna do a full rewatch and I love showing it to people. Whatever, there are certain Star Wars movies where I'm like I don't have the I don't. It's not like I don't like this one. There's a lot of parts of it that I love. I would not put this on. That's how I feel about The Mandalorian, which is ironic considering that Din Djarin is one of my favorite characters. Um, that's how I feel about, um, like I said earlier, Return of the Jedi, where like has some of Lando's most slay moments, even though he's one of my favorite characters, that kind of thing. Um, one can have nuance, love. I guess that's the point here. Um, I think, and this goes back to what Jess was saying, I do think the Book of Boba Fett thing was their biggest fumble. I think it was their biggest fumble. It affected this. It affected this story. Um, it could have been combined with this season. If it had been done correctly, it could have been a full season three season or season season three and four. Um, if it was the thing, I think I talked about this on TikTok where I said that I was like, you had basically you had the two biggest stars of the Star War. You had Mr. Original Star War, who's Luke Skywalker, and then you deep faked the fuck out of him and made, and put him where no one wanted him. Then you had Mr. New Star of the Star War, Grogu, and somehow you fumbled the bag. You put them in the sideshow that you that you didn't that you didn't market correctly that people didn't realize they needed to watch to understand the plot of the Mandalorian. Um you again you deep faked Luke Skywalker's face instead of just having you know blonde twink with a lightsaber which is how most people recognize Luke Skywalker anyway he doesn't have to look exactly like fucking Mark Hamill have someone with a brain in the fucking room my god and I was like how do you fumble it's like you you had the you had it in the you had it in the basket and then you 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 somehow fucked it up i don't know how you fucked it up it's like Um, that that episode of that one show i don't even remember what show it is but it's a medical drama where the guy is running with the heart to do the heart transplant (laughs) and then he trips and the heart flies out of the box and then a random dog comes up and eats it yeah that's like what they did because i agree completely i i think it's funny because i'm like you really had something there also i'm just justice for tem like you deserve to be in this season and book of boba fett the i like din's parts in book of boba fett were really good and i i will say like i am also like a book of boba fett enjoyer like everyone hates on book of boba fett i think that it has its criticisms but i really really enjoyed most of it um so i'm like good moments with din and boba in it if it had been in this show it would have been much better and more people would have watched it like if it had been in the same like title thematically it also ties it together really well because another thing of like fumbling the bag is like you had boba fett 
Everybody's already on board for Boba Fett. Everybody already loves Boba Fett. They're like, this is our little Gopshido. We want to learn more about him. And then you were like, let's not. Let's do nothing with him. They had Fennec Shan, who they who they introduced. And everyone was like, who's she? She looks kind of neat. Uh, Do nothing with her. But the whole thing was that, like, the Mandalorian, you know, people who don't know shit about Star Wars look at Din Djarin and they think he's Boba Fett because he, the original Mandalorian is Boba Fett. So, like, tying them together in the show thematically would have been helpful. And the whole thing is about figuring out who you are as a Mandalorian and you have one side of the spectrum is Bo-Katan and the other side of the spectrum is Boba Fett and in the middle is Din Djarin. Um, you know, because he has se- several partners as well. But <laughs> no, but but like thematically, it also pulls it together, not only from a story point of view, but also from a like deep cut fan to um, casual fan point of view, whatever. It's like if you had Boba Fett and you, you did have Boba Fett, obviously, in the Mandalorian episodes. But if you had Boba Fett on the screen, you know, fighting side to side on Tatooine with with Din and then you have him on Mandalore or whatever I just ha you had it in the be- this is well this is Star Wars as a whole this is Star the Wars sequels. is constantly is flopping let's let Star Wars is let's like get that out of the way like everybody every franchise wants to be Star Wars they want to get to where Star Wars is going. The, people Star Wars- who, the people who are <laughs> in Star Wars are like what if we did something else <laughs> what if we flopped you're like you already have it don't drop it please like I, you just anyway, want to like shake them. I want to yeah. shake John Favreau. Anyway, does anyone have any final thoughts? I'll say mine. My final thoughts, as I've said, the hierarchy of Star Wars shows is Star Wars Rebels is first, the most Zeb. Uh, Mandalorian is second, more Zeb than every other show. All the other shows are at rock bottom, no Zeb. So I'm gonna make that clear. That being said, I did really enjoy this season. I love Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan is one of my you know, she's in my, like, you know, in my top Star Wars characters. So I was excited to see her. I think Carson Tava. It wasn't about Carson. I'm not. Ta- you had your time to speak. It's my turn. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I really enjoyed the season. I loved seeing all of our friends. Um, I think that the show is having a bit of an identity crisis. Um, but I, I think I still enjoyed it. I had fun. It was a show. I watched it. Some of it was slayful. Some of it was not slayful. I wish that they had explored the really interesting theme that that they set up instead of not doing that. Uh, yeah. Also, I would like more Cobb Van. I'll, I'll, this is the hill that I'm prepared to die on. That is all. I've said all I wanted to say except for one thing, which is that John Favreau I've already said my problems with you. Uh, Rick and Bryce Dallas Howard, I love you both. Dave, I love you, despite various things. I love you very much. However, and I know this is going to sound like a broken record and seem like it's not relevant. However, Andor really hammered this home for me. So you can have gay people in your Star Wars, in your live action Star Wars. You can have gay people. No one at the mouse is stopping you. Hmm. I mean, maybe they are because the Mandalorian is the marketable product and Andor is not. 
ha- you can have gay people in your Star Wars. Tony Gilroy was like, nobody stopped us. We just were like, all right, let's have gay people. And everyone was like, cool, great. So the only reason you don't have gay people in your Star Wars is because you didn't creatively think that they should exist. That there aren't a lot of romantic relationships, certainly not sexual ones, um, in the Mandalorian in general. It's just like it. It is a thing that I do like to bring up every so often. Of like, okay, so creatively you just don't think we exist. Great, awesome. Um, and you know, I just I remember thinking about this about the Mandalorian, especially when the and- Andor and the interviews about Andor came out of like cool that's almost worse than the homophobia is that you just like don't think that we should be included at all and especially because like we have so many gay people in the high republic and they're included really casually and people are like how could they be included in the high republic if they're mostly jedi who don't have relationships and like they still are able to make that happen you can i was like in the mandal the mandalorian is literally all about families and you have all these families and you cannot have not even background trust lesbians really period like yeah like i it's it's a stupid thing to complain about because, like, there's so many other things to complain about and really it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, it's also like, okay, well, all right, like, you can do better. Um, it's just a, it's just a thing that I like to think about. And also it's like, I do know that they will be delving more into Val and Cinta in Andor Season 2 and the gays are going to be holding it the fuck down in the Acolyte. And I know, despite my love for Dave, there will be zero gay people in, in Ahsoka. And it's just like, okay, cool. I know, Disney, you want to make money off of us. You have Disney Pride Night and whatever. It's like, again, your money, put it where your mouth is. Thank you. This is just my check-in. And this is how, in season four of The Mandalorian, Grogu will come out as transgender. In my essay. Real. Real. Their first words will be, I use neo-pronouns, or neo-pronouns I use, depending on what kind of lore we want to go with Yoda and Yaddle species language patterns. So, my final thoughts, I mean, like, yeah, there was, like Noah said before, there's parts that were slayful and parts that were not slayful. Overall, when I was watching it, I did enjoy it. Um, I don't know how a season four will work since like the ending of this season I feel like was a good place to just leave it but you know John Favreau my my enemy as I've stated multiple times before was like Haha, I don't have an ending written for this um that's so, because he's not writing the ending it's the Dave Filoni movie he was he was using Lima I'm talking <laughs> um but yeah Overall, is a fun time. I liked seeing Lizzo and, and Jack Black in that one episode. They're my, my besties now. They're the only Star Wars characters that matter to me. Um, really do miss and, that episode of the Rizalorian. The, <laughs> um, and, I mean, I can't give this that high of a place in my, my rankings anymore because there is no Commander Cody at all in any of the Mandalorian ever. So actually the Mandalorian is not one of my favorite shows because of that. I'm mainly feeling bitchy about this show, learning that Tem, they said that he was gonna be in it and then they like were like, no, never mind, we're never gonna call you again. 
Tem, Justice for Tamara Morrison, Boba Fett, my beloved. Boba Fett should have been in the show, even just like if it was just one episode, but all he got was like one like mention in like one of the first episodes where they're just like something about like Tatooine and Boba Fett. I think Pelly was the one who fucking mentioned him. So uh, if we ever get a book of Boba Fett season two, I don't want to. Din Djarin, I love you. I love you. I love you. But I want to see your stupid little helmet sticking around Boba Fett. I no longer support Boba Din. Um, Boba Fett can steal your boyfriend now. It's the Boba Cobb show. <laughs> the Boba... Um, the Fennec Boba Cobb little pointed, like, not closed off triangle because Cobb and Fennec are not connected. Mm-hmm. But that's my ship. Oh, Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's um, my... That's my take. Dinjarin again, I love you, but if I if they ever make a book of Boba Fett um, and John Favre- Favreau puts you in, I will have to be bailed out of jail because <laughs> I'm kicking John Favreau's ass on site. John Favreau found dad. Dear Lord, when I go to heaven, please let me bring my man. <laughs> Lana Del Rey, Jess Era. Do you think, okay, <laughs> I feel like Cobb Vanth is into Lana. <laughs> yeah! You're, no, because I'm, I'm, here's my thing, here's my thing. Cobb Vanth, Cobb Vanth is a Brooklyn baby stan. He's like, this is the best song ever written. I feel I, like Summertime Sadness changed his life is the thing. <laughs> I know, because she said I got my red dress on tonight, and he went, oh my god. And now he only wears I red. Do. <laughs> he was like the person who was like, the fortune teller's like, you're going to be wearing a red shirt when you meet the love of your life, so he wears a red shirt every day. <laughs> I There's a TikTok that I don't think any of you have seen, but it's a lot of them are giving an interview, and she's like, I actually do power lift, and then it's someone powerlifting her to her music, and I feel like that's cop dance. That's something that he would do. Hello, and welcome to Name That Ship. Uh, this is a segment wherein our hosts, or sometimes uh, listeners, have submitted fan fictions. Um, the link to that submission, she is in the show notes. Um, have searched the dark reaches of AO3, Archive of Our Own, um, just for some of the most either cursed fan fiction. Sometimes it's just kind of like fun concepts, and we want to talk about it. Um, and we make our fellow hosts guess the ship or or name that ship even. Um, this is no hate, of course, to the authors of these fan fictions. Um, you are doing the Lord's work. You're putting in the hours. Um, this is more appreciative of the medium more than anything. So please do not take this as a as like a shade to you. And also, if you're a listener, don't get up in these people's comments talking mad shit okay this is out of love today i have taken over name that ship i've done a hostile takeover um and i'm going to be presenting some fan fictions right are y'all ready okay this first fan fiction is called acing it um the relationships are character a and character b character c and character a character C and character B. 
So it's A slash B, C, character C is just in friendships or platonic relationships with these characters. Additional tags are February Ficklet Challenge. February Ficklet February Ficklet Challenge 2020. Married couple, parenthood, coming out, asexual character, asexuality, asexual character C, alternate universe <laughs> reincarnation, family dinners. Character A and character B are the best dads. Family, family feels, family fluff, alternate universe, modern setting, alternate universe, parents, gay parents. Okay. Is are these characters from the Mandalorian? No. Okay. Are they from Fallen Order? Yes, they are. <gasps> okay, so... Is one of them Cal Kestis? Car- Cal- oh, whoa. Cal Kestis is character C. So is he the son? He is their son. Okay. So these are two men who appear in Fallen Order. Yes. The pi- Wait. The- is one Grease? One is not Grease. Oh. Wait, who are the... T- There's not that many men what in Fallen men? Order. What other men? Darth Vader? No. Darth Vader being like, this is my son, Calcastus. This is real. <laughs> um, was Saw in these tags? <gasps> Saw Guerrero was not in these tags, and he is not Aww. in this ship. Okay. Um, what's, that, what's that guy's name? The, the fucked up Jedi guy. Terran Malakos? Oh. Oh, wow. It is not Terran Malakos, and it is not Tarful. <laughs> That would be parent slash Tarful so real. <laughs> Who else? No, but is I just like there order? aren't that many men in this game. Um, Are they, and they're both from Fallen Order. Yes, Jaro Tapal. Jaro Tapal is one of them. You know Cordova, not you know Cordova. Fuck. Cordova. Okay, that's a ship I want. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, you're so real for I that. I think they've explored each other's bodies. I don't. Fuck, think wait, okay, is wait, it so... is it his um, clone captain? Did he have a name? No, he did not have a name. No, it is not him. Um, is this other character a Jedi? Like, are they no. are they a Force user? No, no, they are not. It's not Grease. Is it any random Dathomirian man? <laughs> it's who's not any of the random fucking Dathomirian night <laughs> brothers. No, Why sorry, sorry. I need to quit. No, everyone, shut up. Because I recently played a video game for the first time. Well, not for the first time, but I played <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order to its completion. And let me just tell you, I don't think I felt true aggression in the way that I did seeing all those fucking night brothers come out of fucking nowhere like they were hiding waiting for cal as he calbert's just yes, like that is how that life. works yeah but he was also going through their village being like fuck okay. you guys. okay well maybe if they hadn't been such assholes i are you siding mel, with the white guy mel i think <laughs> oh. you, i really want i really want to live in a world where you play god of war 4 and god of war ragnarok <laughs> and i want you to stream that when that happens because i feel like <laughs> That was just an interesting moment in human history. Anyway, um, okay, I just think we're running out of. It's I'm n- tempted to Google like Fallen Order male cast. <laughs> I'm like, who is last? Yeah, Fallen Order men. I feel like you have one male character that you have not said it's yet. It's not Grease, and it's not is Darth it the Vader. Pirate guy. Pirate guy. No. Pirate guy. Yeah, the it guy who not... had mad beef with Grease. <laughs> no. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, okay. Like, also, I don't know if this is just a. Uh, if anyone else who played Fallen Order experienced this, but the random bounty hunter assassins that would come after you, like, like not just like yeah. after the whole Grease <gasps> situation, like after randomly, so confusing. I know. Yeah, it they is. were fun. Is it Prof? It is Prof. <gasps> yes. Oh wow! I'm oh obsessed my God. with that. No, it's such a cute little fan fiction, and it's about wow. Cal coming out as asexual to them. 
Oh, that's adorable. Okay, also, Jaro and Prof, that's... I, I love that. I, Prof is like, I... I, my hands look like this, so his hands can look like this. <laughs> <laughs> no. So what? true, so real. Okay, are we ready for the next fic? Absolutely. Yeah. This next fanfiction is called The Long Road and the Slow Knife. Um, character A slash character B. And then I feel like I do need to give you, just so you have some type of grounding in this, um, the second relationships, second relationship in this fan fiction is Leia Organa slash Han Solo. Um, I guess I should say, I should give some context to this. This is a crossover. Upon my, um, reading of the tags a little further, I realized that it is not historical RPF as I th- first initially thought that it was. However, <gasps> I'm just saying... Is it Hitalia? It is not Hitalia. God, no, what the fuck? No. no, why would that be historical <laughs> RPF? Those are no, not like. No, 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 no. Because it's fucking because George. Mel real said, ge- because Germany, Mel- real person. Has <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was my first. Okay, well, I would not have brought Hitalia to the fucking table. Is one of the characters Pope Stephen the Sixth? <laughs> no, but Noah, I do think you're gonna get a real giggle, real chortle out of this one. So. Can you read the Here tags, please? Yes, of course. The <gasps> tags are prophetic dreams, prophetic visions, self-fulfilling prophecy, drama and romance, slow romance, slow burn, friendship slash love, blank it- group of people drama, fusion of Star Wars legends and Disney canon, multiple crossovers, crossovers and fusions, crossover pairings. Is it Joan of Arc? Is one of the characters Joan of Arc? No, it is not Joan of Arc. Who the fuck else Damn. is having prophetic visions? I don't give a fuck about I'm, anyone no, else's prophetic visions. I'm a lot like Joan of Arc, except for instead of liberating France, I kiss men. <laughs> wow, something she definitely didn't do. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So so it's not Joan of Arc. Is it... Okay. Is it anyone within the papacy? No, it is not in the papacy. <laughs> However, I will say that the person that is character a in this case one of their spouses did have hella beef with the catholic church <gasps> king henry the eighth king henry the eighth is that spouse is this anne boleyn it is not anne boleyn fuck is it one of his little bitches Yes, it is. This what is going to require you guys as a fucking little little right, all right, wait, 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 no, it is not Catherine of Aragon. Anne of Cleves. Is it Catherine Howard? It is Catherine Howard. Kate Howard. Let's wait, go. wait, 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 uh, no. Is this like a six crossover? Yeah, no, is it, it is six? not. No, it is it's not. It's just the real it people it is, no, it, no, it is the Tudors TV crossover, <gasps> oh. which I didn't realize. I just saw Catherine Howard slash this Star Wars character. Luke Skywalker. Said, wait, not Luke Skywalker. Wait, is it a man? It is a Star man. Wars? It's a fusion it's a man. of legends. So is it a legends character? No, it is not. I was like, is it? He might, he might appear in Legends. I just don't know. Thrawn, it is not. Oh, oh is, okay, Yoda. Human? Thrawn, it is not. <laughs> what did you say, Claudia? <laughs> is a human? Perhaps. What do you mean, perhaps? perhaps. Are they a clone? Is it Luke with two U's? <laughs> it is not Luke with two U's. And no, it is not Garethev. Fuck. Is it a clone? No, it is not a clone. What do you mean, human question mark? Like, um, are they or are I they mean, not? It's... 
if I say what I want to say, is it Valens? It is not. Not are they Valens. a cyborg? Yeah, in a sense, in a way. Is it Grievous? It is not Grievous. He's I not would human like also. Grievous slash Catherine Howard. That would be very powerful. <laughs> I think Beeler would be good to her. I um, agree. Yeah. Certainly what? better than Henry. VIII. Yeah, better than fucking okay, well, Henry. That's fucking eighth. God damn. Well, the but that bar's in the in the fucking ground. Okay. Okay. So so it's all right. Okay. <laughs> and okay. I'm trying to think of who would look good with who would be good with her. I've never seen okay. the show. The Tudors. This is, so. is this what you describe as a popular character? This is a popular character. Lando. That being said, just because I just because they're shipped together doesn't mean that they're a good ship. Like. It's not, no, not Lando. to make not to make it concerning. It is not Lando. Damn. Like I don't Paz think I'm, no, not Paz Vizsla. <laughs> yeah, Paz may have appeared in Legends. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't feel like like I could treat her better. You know. Is it is it from the original trilogy? Yes. That era, or are they in the movies? They are in the movies. Oh. C three PO. Oh my god! Is it is it Lobot? It is not Lobot. <laughs> oh, I forgot there's. Why would it be Lobot? Is it one of those like fucked up things on Tatooine that's like the brain in the jar with the legs that walks around? No, a Bomar monk. Is it? Yeah, Dengar. I wish it was a Bomar monk. It is not Dengar. Damn, guys, 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 you guys are going too specific. (laughs) I need you guys to pan out. Han Solo? Is it not Han Solo? No, the Morian guard. Is it the droid with a foot fetish? No, you you want to get (laughs) way too like glup shadowy. Um. Is it Darth Vader? Obi-Wan? It is Darth Vader. I swear Wait, to God, okay, he's I, human. Did I? Oh my God, he's human? Catherine Howard. Oh yeah, he is a cyborg. Okay, and when I said, are they a cyborg? Mel was like, didn't say yes, yes or no. Yes, they said yes. No, Mel said yes. That's why I was like, is it Beeler? <laughs> when I when Wait, he said, Darth are Vader's they a human? Slash... Wait, Darth Vader slash... That's somehow worse than <laughs> Henry VIII. <laughs> right, no, this is why I'm like, free him. Oh, no, wow. also free this... him? No, because here's the thing. <laughs> no, uh, let me no. no here's the thing, him? guys. Here's the thing, though, guys. Oh. Here's the thing, though, guys. Miss Jenny <laughs> Catherine Howard. Asks. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, guys. <laughs> the first time that Kitty Howard ran into Anakin Skywalker, she was assigned to Anne of Cleves' retinue. She was part of the king's welcoming party for his future wife. Rumor had it that the king could not wait to get rid of his ungrateful brat, the Lady Mary. His eldest daughter had been rebellious for far too long, and the king had been far too tolerant, but finally his patience had run thin. That is the first paragraph of that fan fiction. Oh, wow. Holy shit. I mean, good for her, I guess. No, it's not good for her. I'm like, Kitty, get out of there. Free my girl. This is like, this is the Star Wars version of being sold to One Direction. No, basically. Anyways, um, I do have one last fan fiction. Would you guys like to to come into the the space with me? (laughs) All right. This is a fan fiction called Days Like These. Um, Character relationships are... um, I'm just going to focus on character A and character B. Background, Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss. Characters are... Character that would spoil it. Another character who would spoil it. Character B. Character A. Character who would spoil it. Garazeb Aurelios. Asajj Ventress, Quinlan Voss, Alexander Callis, and another character who would spoil it. Additional tags. Order 66 didn't happen. Star Wars. Heists. Implied referenced alcohol abuse, alcoholism. Spa treatments. This type of character shenanigans. 
xenophobia against non-humans, slice of life, established popular ship, some angst similar to part one, the Jedi have PTSD, but equally plenty of fluff. Is one of these characters a Jedi? Both of them are Jedi. Are they prequel Jedi or do they appear in the Clone Wars mostly? Um, one of them appears in the... Cl- well, actually, she does not... Oh, <laughs> I just spoiled it. One of them Spoilers. Is, at least one of them is a woman. Um, she does not appear in the Clone Wars, but we know for a fact that she existed during both of them in the prequel era, though they are not featured heavily in prequel era content. Yeah, Depa Balaba. Depa Balaba is one of them. <laughs> is it Depa with a woman? It is Depa Balaba with a woman. Oh! Serve. Okay, and they said these are characters that would have spoiled it, so, like, who are characters it's, associated with Um, So the character who would have spoiled on one half, one of them was Kanan. Um, Wait. And then the other oh, two okay. are featured heavily in the piece of media character A is in. So I like that, okay, so is this character from the movies? This other no. character? Um, okay, so is this a character from Star Wars Rebels? I never said that. Not from Clone Wars and not from Rebels. Not from yep. the Bad Batch. Nope. Not from the Mandalorian. Nope. From- but around the same age as Steppa? Yes. From the are they is it is it is this a non human? This is a human. Okay, so it's two humans. Is it Mon Mothma? It is not Mon Mothma. Fuck. No, it's a it's a Jedi. A Jedi, right. I'm out I'm Mon, Mon Mothma's a Jedi um, in my in my AU. So. so so she's she exists in the Clone Wars era, but she's not really featured in the Clone Wars TV show. No. Is she, is she in the prequel movies? No. Is she from a book? She is in a book. Is she heavily featured in a book? I have not read the book, so I can't speak to that. Which which book? I can't. Uh, we have to, Claudia. I think that would give it so away. So it's a it's a prequel era book. Um, I would not say it's a prequel era book. Is it a High Republic book? It is not a High Republic. Oh, that's that would hilarious. Be hilarious. It's fucking Gala Gala Gala. Gala. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, the Ahsoka novel? Not the Ahsoka novel. The, the Padme novel. The book came out in the within the last year. Oh, is it Battlestar? It is Seer Junda. Oh, Holy shit. Oh, that is actually wait, that's wait, so playful. No, Good for them. I'm... Oh, wow. I'm So I'm was the other character would have given it away like Cal or yeah, something. Yeah, it is Cal and Marin. Oh. Oh, wow. I love this. I'm yeah. like grinning ear to ear. That's so cunt. It's oh. such a good fic. Kanan I'm... and Cal being like my moms are dating. <laughs> Help, our moms Trilla, are dating. Okay, Trilla and um, fucking uh, Kanan being like step-siblings. Step-siblings? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I Lord. Trilla's putting her headphones in at family dinner time. <laughs> it's like, fuck she's, you guys. <laughs> no, she's flipping, she's flipping Kanan off in the most, like, um, like, uh, tactful ways as to to do when like a teenager does so that their parents don't see them flipping off their sibling mm-hmm. so like kanan would be like depa trilla flip me off and she's like i don't know what you're talking about i'm just applying this chapstick <laughs> also i do like that i do like that zev and callus are also in <laughs> 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 
wait, who are the other characters who are there? Or did you say all of them? Um, I said oh, basically Aaron. all of them. Yeah. Also, Kanan for some and... reason, Asajj, Ventress, and Quinlan Voss are also well, there. Yeah. Slay. Well, because they're, I mean, they should always be there. Let's be real. I, yeah. think, I think Asajj, Ventress, Seer, and Depa going on a little spa adventure is so slay. And crew. the idea that Quinlan, Quinlan would, be, would be jealous. He would want to go. Yeah, he would want to go. And they're like, it's girls' night. And he's like, I don't get to go to girls' yeah, night. Like, wow, <laughs> fucked up of you guys. And they're like, sorry, only Sapphic's here. And he's like, I hate it. I hate this. Listen, I feel like Quinlan Voss could use could use they, them pronouns. You could classify him as a Sapphic. Yeah. He's a he, they, lesbian. Period. We have a couple announcements before we get into our outro. So you guys know, as you probably noticed, we're going every two weeks now until we have more content to talk about. The other thing, our two-year anniversary was on May 6th. We have a very special episode planned to celebrate. We've already talked a little bit about it on social media, but I would like to be the first to announce in audio format, The Zebbies. It is a RuPalp's Podrace original awards show. This will be the 2022 Zebbies, so every piece of media from 2022 will uh star wars media of course we will be giving awards to and we will talk more about it in that episode it's going to be coming out um next time you hear from us so our next episode will be the zebbies very exciting we do have a category that is audience choice it is glup shadow of the year and again that's for 2022 so refrain from choosing characters from 2023 or 2021 specifically for last year we have a Google form that you can fill out that you can submit the character that you think is the Glup Shido of the year. It's going to be in our show notes. It's also going to be on our social media. So go check it out. And please submit something. We're very excited to do this. So it'll be super fun. We want your input. We need your input. And with that, thank you so much for listening, joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Race. As I said, we're going to be going bi-weekly now. So episodes are going to come out every other Sunday. For updates, Star Wars news, more curse shit, you can follow us on social media. We're at Rupelps Padres basically everywhere. If you would like to ask us a question or get in contact with us, you can send stuff to our TikTok Q&A, our Tumblr Ask Box. You can email us at rupelpspodrace at gmail.com. If you really like the show, please rate and review it. You know, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast, or just tell a friend. All of those really help us out. May the force be with you, and don't criff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. Waka waka. This is a waka.